Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm John Sackett, Bloomberg uh, Business Flash, being brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts with low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers, the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. And futures ahead, uh, the market open on Wall Street lower, but uh, off the worst levels of the session. S&P futures right now down just eight points. That's a decline of four-tenths of a percent. The Dow futures down 60. That's down three-tenths. And NASDAQ E-mini futures right now, 16 points lower. That's down about four tenths. Uh, the euro, 114.29, seeing some uh, weakening in the dollar. Uh, that is up uh, two tenths of a percent right now. The yen, 106.75. Uh, that's strengthening up about uh, half a percent the mor- uh, this morning. The 10-year yield, 175.60. Uh, we've seen uh, some uh, rises in the uh, 10-year uh, mm. Treasury, but it uh, looks like uh, that has uh, leveled off somewhat this morning. And we check the markets for you every 15 minutes during the trading day right here on Bloomberg. Mike and Tom. John Tucker, thank you so much. John Riding at RDQ Economics has just sent out one of the most blistering research notes I've seen from him in years. He says the gloom on unemployment is flat out wrong, and he seems to be right because the yield market agrees with Mr. Riding. 1.7560 is a higher yield off a 160 number with a lousy revision. RDQ Economics, we expected job creation this year to average 175000 per month and the unemployment rate to fall below 4.5%. We still hold to those forecasts. He looks at wage growth as labor income proxy hours times wage rate up 4.7% year over year. That's a big number. That's an important note from writing into Quadros at RDQ Economics. Right now, we need to talk to somebody about three standard deviation moves. That can only mean Robert Cinch of Amherst Pierpont. Bob, we saw last week Euro, or maybe it was this week, Euro move almost three standard deviations. We've seen Yen move. These are brutal trichet-like moves. What do those brutal moves signal about the global system, particularly after weak non-farm payroll growth? Good morning, guys. Well, you know what I what I think it really signals is that there's some some forces other than the normal cyclical movements driving these foreign exchange markets. Uh, whether it's a reallocation of reserves, whether it's this new initiative by the Treasury to designate certain uh, certain currencies as uh, under a monitoring system now, so they're not manipulators, but they're being monitored. Whatever it is, um, I think what's interesting is that that a lot of these moves have not been driven by the normal cyclical forces. I think Mohammed Alarian wrote a, an article about this also. So, so clearly there's some things going on in the global financial system that are different than normal. And what it may be actually is the fact that, that uh, without a lot of global cross-border capital flow, we're beginning to see the old uh, reliable current account uh, balances becoming an important factor in driving currency. Uh, Mike, I just put out on Bloomberg Radio Plus the 10-year yield. It is truly a remarkable chart. Mike, I don't think I've ever seen that off a jobs report. I mean, that's a huge six uh, 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 down down five. That's an 11 basis point swing in the 10-year in less than an hour. 
what's interesting? Well, I mean, now Fed funds futures are up to a four percent chance, but it's still down from ten percent. So, Bob, uh, what? There's not only a disconnect between the Fed and the markets. There's a disconnect between the Treasury market and the Fed funds futures market at this point about w- where the central bank might go. Yeah, you know, I think these wage numbers. You know, we've been we've been talking for for a couple of years now that employment's been stronger, but wage numbers have not been increasing. We got a little bit of the opposite here. Employment growth has slowed a little bit, uh, and yet wages are picking up. Now, what can explain that? What can explain that is we're running out of workers, and this is something my colleague Steve Stanley has been focusing on: is that it's tougher to get employment growth when you're running out of qualified labor. And so a slow, slight slowdown in, in, in employment growth with higher wages is consistent with a very tight labor market. And I think that's maybe what the long end of the yield curve is focusing on, whereas the short end of the curve is thinking that uh, this kind of data is going to keep the Fed from making a move in June. So uh, actually, I think it's, it's, it's fairly consistent that an environment in which the Fed may not move but wage pressures are picking up would give us a steeper yield curve, and that's that's what we're seeing here today. Well, interestingly, Tom, we were talking with uh, Bill Gross about tips yields. They were nine basis points before the move. Now, ten-year tips are at thirteen. So, I guess Bob, the market is sniffing inflation out there. It's it's certainly it's certainly not not uh, inhaling disinflation or deflation the way it had been uh, for the last couple of years. And I think with uh, with energy prices up, a lot of headline prices will start to catch up to core inflation. I actually think the, the most important set of reports going into the June FOMC is going to be the core inflation reports. We've seen core inflation picking up. It slowed a bit in the uh, March round of data. I think the May reports on core inflation, we heard a little bit of this out of President Kaplan from the Dallas Fed yesterday. I think that's going to be important for the Fed decision process coming in June. Well, the core, I don't have it in front of me, folks, but I'm going to put core at 2.2% year over year CPIX core May 17th. May 17th is when I was looking like I was cheating. Uh, that's when we see it. Well, help us with that. I thought 2% was our bound. Bob Sinch, core CPI is above where we want it to be. Is that possible? Uh, it is possible. If you look at the core PCE deflator, it's around 1.6. <laughs> and if you look at other measures of core inflation from the Cleveland and Dallas feds, they're in the 1.8 to, to 2% range. So, we're kind of clustered between, you know, 1.6 and 2.2%, which is getting close to that 2% level. And I think if we see a little bit of a rebound in these year-over-year numbers, um, I think that's going to be important for the Fed. They've seen wage growth pick up a little bit. They've seen the core inflation numbers pick up a little bit. And, again, I think some of the slowdown of employment is that literally they just are having difficulty finding qualified workers to fill jobs. Bob Sinch, thank you. It's a, a very interesting market reaction to uh, the Fed. Yeah. Uh, you, you, as usual, people who have money at risk are drilling down and finding what they think yeah. the most important number is. As Bob says, it's the, the wage right. number in this report. What we try to do is keep the conversation going, but Mike and I are always glued to equities, bonds, currencies, commodities with a respect for what markets say and what they do. And the doing is simple. We have seen uh, quickly a 10, 11 basis point massive swing in the 10-year yield off the jobs report. Most interesting. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. 
We are counting down to the opening bell brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee. The most awarded SUV ever, the Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today.